Yo, what's going on, man? It's your boy Torrey, live from Brooklyn, New York, Coney Island, to be exact. And you know you can catch me on the radio, whether you listen to a song of mine or you listening to me do my thing on SiriusXM. But I think back to when I used to tape off the radio, had to put that tissue in the tape, and that's where you at right now. Tissue in the tape, your tour guy Torrey. Let's get it. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Like we always do about this time. Catching shit off the radio. Put the tissue in the tissue in the tape. Tissue on the tape. They don't know about that. Respect hate homers. Respect hate homers. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Phil Maddox. Davis backwards, Gandhi, Hip Hop 365, you know the time is the tissue and the tape, adjust my tally and twine and design the great metaphors at a rate like cosplay, don't need conventions to display my conviction upon date, MCs I rhythm and bit them peace like Gandhi, four seat at the table getting meals, Solange ate, no hunger strikes or kicks in tight spaces, just sick lyrics to elevate and physically separates us, you can Forget your weight up, we'll wait and meditate since we are great with patience What's the diagnosis? We are great with patience and pop is contagious Worldwide but you're racist This back with Davis Phil, there's no basis Cause tissue in the tape makes America the greatest From beatboxing on slave ships Till we six feet in a box in a grave dip We raise this culture, culture. born to debone these vultures Picking the brains of the youth mumbling that insults us I post up with the rap radar that gets me vexed When he uplift trash like Charles S. That's complex, wait I can read between the lines, it's not hate To suggest they don't need to rhyme We just take it back, or rather choose to rewind When heat holders in the back of the twines It's defense of the bond Diggy Jax Beasley Native son It's the faculty first uh. Yo, recording live from somewhere. It's the world's famous T-I-T-T. It's home team in the motherfucking house. No question. As always, it is I, Davis Backwards, and who states your name, gangsta? Philmatic365, a.k.a. What am I going to do for six months, man? No, no football? <laughs> oh, man. Man, as always, man, we are recording courtesy of our themselves. Uh, but we, we're in the company of, of, of uh, a legendary uh, figure, man, a visionary, so to speak, Phil Maddie. Tell the yeah, people who we, we're talking we, to tonight, we, man. We, 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 in, we in the uh, presence of greatness, man. When you talk about uh, setting the setting tone for a generation, when you're mm. talking about ushering in the way people would look, sound, feel about black culture, the essence of black culture, this man had his hands all over that throughout the 80s and 90s and beyond. And he's still doing it to this very day, man. I I am honored, man, to, to talk to this gentleman tonight, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Kenny Buford in the house tonight. Let's go. Let's go. Salute, salute my brethren. Peace, peace, family. That's a yo, beautiful intro. The check is in the mail, baby. <laughs> no doubt, man. Chat straight cash, homie. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Bad, no, bad, no, bad. man. We, I know we I appreciate know you rocking with us, man. Yes, sir, man. Thank y'all for having me, man. It's my pleasure, bro. For real. Uh, Phil, um, it's it's been our point to, of course, talk to certain people, but we we've made it a point that we we 
we got a certain tribe that's out there, man, and we, we want to make sure that we, we let people know that, you know, the tribe is strong, brother. Oh, yes, the, 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 tri the tribe is the tribe is heavy, man. Shout out, shout out to uh the big homie, man, my life coach, the tour guy, tour ray, man. Uh torrential, big torrential. <laughs> <laughs> he always raining. That's torrential, yeah, yeah, baby. Oh, no doubt, man. Uh, <laughs> man, uh he got he got plaque disease, man. You, you see he he you know the, what wall, the walls is getting heavy, man. Yeah, bro. You gotta build a, uh, an annex. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he, he, got, he got to get Dito on his crib. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, he got the uh, palatial <laughs> estates, <Dito>. man. <laughs> he got to get Dito on the crib, man. <laughs> no doubt. But no, um, we, we bring up we bring up the uh, the homie because uh, it's 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 through him that we even connected, man. Uh, during this whole quarantine thing, he started doing the, the live at fives on, on mm -hmm. Instagram. And he just li literally built a tribe of like-minded individuals uh, hip hop heads, uh, culture conservationists, um, and we we connected, and then I started doing this thing on Clubhouse with the with the homies at uh, at the Flow Nightly Network uh, with the TV bracket. And I was like, oh my god, man, I've, I've been wanting to talk to Kenny, but I gotta talk to him, man. Like we doing this, we we about to start talking about a lot of the stuff he had his hands all over. I was like, man, who who better to talk to? Um, and then one of the homies, man, shout out to uh, shout out to Cam. She had she had a great question that I'm going to bring up to you later when we she she posed a question, not knowing I was even going to talk to you tonight. But I want to bring it up to you when we get when we get later on into this interview. Okay, right on, right on. Yeah, man. But no, man, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. So I mean, let, let let's get right into it, man. Vibe. Uh, we yes, we we got we got this man here. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said in the, in the intro, he he's had his hands all over the culture. So mm -hmm. let's kind of, let's kind of get into it, man. Um, let's start let's start with hip hop, though. Right on, right on, of course. What we 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 talked to all our guests, and we talk about the radioactive spider. What was the what what bit you? <laughs> what, what was the radioactive spider in hip hop that got you into it? Yo, it was my man. It was two people. It was my man Peter McKee. Um, and he, he popped in a cold crust tape one day. We was just playing ball in his driveway. And, and he popped a cold crust tape in, man. It was like 80, 79. I'd heard hip hop before. Um, but when he popped his cold crust tape in, man, and in particular, when I heard Kaz the first time. And, Shout out and, to the legend, know, Grandmaster Kaz. To, to the legend, man. That's big bro, man. And and I felt like, like there's a couple of artists, man, like that, that, Every, everyone probably has these, these, these artists in their life, man, in their heart and their minds. But you have certain artists, man, that you feel are speaking directly to you. They're, they're speaking to everyone, but they like, yo, he wrote that shit for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like, I, I like, like, how does this cat know the way I'm thinking? And that's the way I felt with Kaz. And it's like, I was, I was shy. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, I was always kind of on the outskirts, on the outskirts of the cipher. So dudes that I saw kicking, it was like, man, those are my heroes. Like, Kaz was dope. Mm -hmm. But when I heard Kaz, when I heard Kaz uh, spit his rhymes and he was telling stories and he was being funny, he wasn't just, you know, like bragging about the shit. Then I'm like, yo, man, there's a voice. I could be heard. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I was hooked. And then, like, and then I wrote my first, I remember I wrote a rhyme. My first, I still remember that shit too. 
and and it was horrible but it was it was it was horribly dope at the same time it's like it was based on something that Kaz wrote and I'm and Kaz when he wrote Event I was just like oh wow <laughs> I mean man yo, with the with the punchline when he says yo uh Kaz somebody's coming I said yeah me yeah yo, bro, I, was, <laughs> I think that's what I realized what coming was for the first time like right. I didn't know what that shit was you know what I'm saying I had to kind of look it up in an encyclopedia or talk to niggas on the street Right. But but yo, that was it for me. That was like the that was like the my epiphany in hip hop, man. And it's like I remember the, what the sun looked like that day. It was hot outside. I had a pair of ponies on. I never forget that shit. And and I remember I was stuck. I remember and and I didn't like how do you get it? Where do I get one of them tapes? And where do I see them? And who are they? Are they alive? Where's the Bronx? And you know what I'm saying? Like I was asking <laughs> a million and one questions. And and then like everything just started falling into place, man. And ironically, I grew up on Long Island. And, and at the time, I didn't even realize it, but I was playing ball every day with Rakim because Rakim was like two, three years younger than me. And, and he was real good friends with my cousin. And around him, when my nickname was Putty and his name was, is, is Pop. And, and, you know, he was a real good football player. Rakim got real big hands. He's a good football player. He's a quarterback. And, and he knew me from playing basketball and I knew him from playing football. And I used to box too. And, and we used to, you know, we used to always chop. You know what's crazy? This real quick little sideball Rakim. He got this crazy, the best catalog, you know, everyone, arguably the best MC ever. And there's, there's one song that I hear, every time I hear the song, I think of Rakim, it has nothing to do with hip hop. And, and every, we said, in, from Wine Dance Long Island, we had a, a, a annual, like a family reunion slash barbecue weekend called Wine Dance Day. And there's one particular Wine Dance Day, they're waiting for everybody to get set up. And the DJ booth was there. It was the BLS DJ, uh, DJ van was there. Eric B, as a matter of fact, coincidentally, it's before Eric and Rob was together. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and Eric, the first song he played was Boogie Oogie Oogie. And me and Rob were talking, and we were like, the, the speakers were right behind us. And then boom, 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 that big bass line. And it scared the shit out of us. And it's like, we always laugh at that shit to this day. All of the songs in the world, the first song, when every time I hear Boogie Oogie Oogie, I think of Rock Wow. And he'd be, he be like, yo, buddy, man, remember that time we was like, I was like, yeah, bro, I remember that shit, man. And and so that's like our connection, man. It's like every time we see each other, you know, we, I haven't seen him in, you know, in a minute, but every time we see each other, man, it's always that, yo, Boogie Oogie Oogie's our song. Like, yeah, bro, that's weird. <laughs> that's, that's dope, but it's weird and shit. Like, but yeah, man, so yo. Wow. It, it, it was Kaz, <laughs> just, just, to, just to take it one step back, man, that, it was Kaz, man. And, and our shit is so crazy. Our culture is so amazingly inclusive and dope and, yeah. And, and 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 touchable and relatable. It's like Kaz is my man now. Like that's my man. Like I can get Kaz on the phone right now. Like you know what I'm saying. Back in the '60s, my mother couldn't just go hang out with Diana Ross. You know what I'm saying. She couldn't just go hang out with you know whoever. It's like I can call Kaz right now and go hang out with my man. You know what I'm saying. And like wow. and, and 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 chop it up with him. And we talk. I mean, you know, and I got stories with Kaz. Like that's like big bro. You know what I'm saying. Like he. He took care of me on more than one occasion. I looked out for him on more than one occasion. Like it's like that. Who would have ever known I'm playing ball with my man Peter McKean in, in you know in his in his driveway playing ball when I first heard his voice and how we would, you know, have the impact on me. Even today as a grown ass man, my career's been great, you know what I'm saying? But he's still Cavs is still like, damn. He's still fucking me up. Damn. He doesn't get talked about enough, man. He to me, like I I, I consider myself a, a a student of hip hop. Sure, um, yeah. To me, he's the first great MC. Yeah, like I agree. there were a lot of there were a lot. There's a, obviously there's a lot of great MCs throughout the history. To mm -hmm. me, he's the first great. He's the line 
like like you have like different lines where where everything changed. He's yes. the first. He's yes. the first line. It's like him. Then it's like Rakim. Nah, you know you got those 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 once, where everything those, once in a lifetime. The gen this yeah. generation, then the next generation, then the next yeah. generation. Mm -hmm. And and he he is that to the point where like like everybody like we talked to a bunch of people and we we've listened to a bunch of stories. Everybody talks about rappers delight. And mm -hmm. for those that don't know, Big Bang Hank is rapping, you know, Grandmaster Cass words Straight to the, the point book. where he spells his name. He spells Grandmaster Cass name. Straight out the book. And I remember the first time, like, I was putting it together in my mind what he was spelling. I was like, oh, maybe that's something he called. But then when I realized, <laughs> like, yo, I was like, this is the craziest shit ever. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah bro. man. But yo, yeah, man. Shout out yo. to Grandmaster Kaz, man. And um, yo, let me yo, let me tell you another quick story. Let me give another. Oh, yeah. Let me give you a big bank hang joint. So I'm I'm matter of fact, where was I? I was in okay. I was in L.A. and 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 I went to go see Mep. Mep is my man. Mep is in the hotel and shit. And so I'm in the hotel and we up there. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick. You just yeah. said that real nationality. You talking about Method Man, right? Yes, that's my man. That's my oh, man. Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. Just, just so just so the people are clear. We'll continue. Hempstead in the house, right? Yeah, Hempstead, yeah. original Hempstead. That's right. Yes, sir. And uh, so you know, I'm, I'm chilling with Meth, and, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm smoked out, and I'm leaving. And at the time, you know, I'm doing well. I'm on a Martin show, and I'm doing well. I had a you know real nice bands and shit downstairs. So I get on the elevator, and I step on the elevator. Evander Holofield is on the elevator. Him and like somebody else. Hey, what's up, champ? How you doing? I'm smoked out my mind, but I'm you know I'm still giving the champ love. And I'm a Tyson guy, of course. Um, so we go down a couple of more floors, and and Sugar Hill Gang is on, right? Yeah, the whole Sugar Hill Gang is on, and, and everybody's kumbaya. Everybody's speaking. They didn't speak. Everybody. Uh, uh, Wonder Mike spoke to me. Master G spoke to me. The man Big Bang Hank ain't speak to me. He ain't say shit. And I made notice of like, okay, all right, all right. So, in the, you know, Cass is my man. So in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm low key. I'm like, fuck you anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, get, we get downstairs. Okay, now look, I'm not trying to flaws. I'm just, it is what it is. I had a nice car. And and you know how like when you pull up to a spot, sometimes they leave the nicer cars where they're visible so they can see them in the front or whatever. So my ship was right there in front. And and I knew the dude because I had been, you know, to the hotel. Or that's when never guests on the Martin show would stay. They would stay in the Universal Sheraton. That's where I met for us. And so, I, you know, the dude knew me and my car was right out front. So he tossed me the keys. I gave him his tip. And, you know, I, you know, power my shit on. And so the, everyone else is like, oh, I see you. I see you. I see you. For the first fucking time, your man Hank want to be like, where the fuck you get a call like that? And I swear I don't know what oh. it was, but like I, I, I turned right to him. I said, I ain't get a biting lies, motherfucker. Oh man, <laughs> yo, know, yeah. And, 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 and Wonder Mike, Master G, Evander Holyfield didn't get. It. I don't think he get. It. I don't think he, he ain't no head like that. But they fucking busted out yeah. loud. And I got, I, you know, I started my shit up, and I went home that night. That night it was late fucking night too. It was like, is it on the West Coast? Maybe like eleven. It was like two in the morning. And I called Cas that night. I yeah. called him that night. He picked up kind of groggy. I told him the story I just told you and shit. He was like, man, that's why I love you, nigga. That's why I love you and shit. That's dope. He told that story a couple of times and shit and mentioned my name. I was just like, yeah, man. And, you know, you know, again, God bless the dead, you know, uh, uh, Big Hank, man. But, yo, man, nah, man. I, nah, that's, that's that's big, bro, man. You you jerked him, son. We don't do that, man. You know, you, we don't do that shit, man. We don't do that. And, and to Kaz's credit, to Kaz's credit, real spit, this is the best thing I got out of him with the whole ass. Yo, he was never, like, he never even did no shit like that that I did. 
Right. right. He, never, he never really shitted on him, never really bad mouthed him. You know what I'm saying? Always gave him love. Like one of his Hanks, the last pictures is they, they was hugging each other. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's, you know, that's, that's a lot about Cavs, man, because I, I wouldn't, he better than me. Yeah. You know what I'm Word. <laughs> he better than me, yo, Phil. I would have been, nah, man, fuck that, man. I ain't taking no picture. I ain't, I ain't shaking your hand. I'm not even going, I'm not even going, I don't like nobody named Hank. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> right. Nothing. I got nothing to say to you, man. But nah, that, that's, it's layers to this shit, you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. like, that's that's the way you, like in, in Islam, man, you say smiling at your brother's charity and defending your brother's charity as well, man. So I felt like I did something for my brother, man. Just, you know, you're going to get slick out your mouth. The low-key nigga, I got this car writing fucking scripts. I was inspired to write scripts by a nigga who you stole lines from. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So so step off me, man. But, you know, and, and, and eat my dust, as Martin would say. Eat my <laughs> dust. <laughs> Yo, uh, Yvette, um, that song in particular, and then Cass mm-hmm. just as a whole, um, is has been starting to get a little bit more love when you're hearing about MCs and where they really like found their love for for writing and when they realized like you said like a lot of the MCN back then was about i do this on the mic i do that on the mic i do this mm-hmm. on the mic and and kaz was instrumental in bringing in like that storytelling bringing in mm-hmm. some levity you know yeah, to bro. it yes. and, and yes. you know like um will smith credits kaz would be in his mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. idol um and in you the know, new book yeah, and yeah, Yvette, the Yvette was something yeah. that, that helped him um, kind of get the whole Fresh Prince persona. Yeah. You know, just that, yeah, you know, that whole storytelling, and you can see it, mm-hmm. and parents don't understand, and, you know, um, mm-hmm. all the things. Girls of the world. Yeah. yeah. All of that. Yep, all the same. That's all Kaz right there. Yep. Real spit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I, I one, one thing that I, I kind of, it, it was dope when Jay did it. It just would have been even doper if... Um, uh, you know, I'm overcharging niggas for what they did to the cold crush. Mm-hmm. We got that, right, Kitty? Yep. Yeah. Like, we got yep. that. We understood yes, what sir. that meant. Yes. But to a lot of people, casual and even, you know, novice or just on the outside, mm-hmm. they're like, they, they don't quite get it. You know what I'm saying? They're right. like, what the, right. what the move? You know, like, so, you know, it just this that step further to kind of say Kaz in the cold crush or whatever, like that would have mm-hmm. been. Or had him in the video, that yeah, would be dope. Right, or something like that. Right. But, something, something. But it, right. was, but it still was good, though, because that's a part of our lexicon now. Like, we, we talk yeah, about, yeah. you know, charging niggas what they did to the cold the, crush. The cold, exactly. It really was, it really was messed up when you think about man, it. Bro, still, yo, and one of my, one of my works of passion, man, God willing, man, one day, man, and Kaz knows this, we talked about this a couple of times. I've sent him some stuff, man. I'm like, I want to tell a cold crush story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to tell that story, man. Like, I'm, I'm a comedy writer, you know, and I, like, I got, but a dramatic side in me, and 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 I would like. I, actually, I'm writing. I'm going to write that with Cas one day. Like we had nice. talked about it, and you know, when when the opportunity present. Matter of fact, we're supposed to hook up this year, and then okay. kind of like have some shit out. You know, like yeah, we got producers, we got people attached that's interested because people know the story, like we said. So there's God a willing, man. There's yeah, bro. For it, man. We would love to see that. Oh yeah, and man, bro, man, bro. I'm telling you, man. Like I, I, I've been, I've been on this literally. I remember when. The CW and UPN was a network, and I remember mm-hmm. pitching it to them, like pitching what was later to become like the Get Down, okay, on on Netflix. And it's like Kaz saw my Kaz has the original. My shit was called Back in the Day, and it was basically Grandmaster Kaz doing. And and I still got the script right now. I'll send it to y'all. Matter of fact, check it out, y'all. You nice. know, y'all can put eyes on it. It's just, yeah. you know, it's something I'm proud of, man. It's gonna happen one of these days. God willing, it's gonna oh, happen. Oh man, it's yeah. Oh, happen. it's definitely gonna happen. In mm-hmm. in 
if, if you need two extras to be in the back, we can. <laughs> yes, I mean, we be in the yes, back. Hey, like, my, hey, my pop lock still serious, Phil. Oh, I still, I still can keep going, man. Man, no, I almost man. broke Break my neck in. trying to uh, trying to be crazy legs, but you know I I, I do it for the cause, yo. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I got y'all, y'all there. Consider that done, baby. Come on, <laughs> no now, doubt, now, man. Now, now, now I'm really gonna sell this joint just to see that shit. <laughs> oh no, like no, like I I love this shit, man. So like, I mean, yeah, bro. We we are we are 20 minutes in. We got we got Rakim playing hoops with Rakim. You know, uh, you know, uh, ready to brawl uh, a rap legend for another rap legend. You, you know, know what I'm we, we didn't even we didn't even get to the shit that we got you here for. This is awesome. <laughs> right on, right on, right on. Right on. But Phil, so, Phil, one thing before before we move on, I just one last thing, uh, a part of your origin story, man. We talked to a lot of people, obviously. Um, you know, we we mentioned Tor, and you know, he he gets the um, the privilege of of repping Brooklyn, you know, Coney Island and be exact to the fullest. But you also get the privilege of of, of of repping, you know, Long Island. Like, I don't think people really give Long Island the credit um, that it deserves in terms of being, you know, uh, architects of, of our culture. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Like, how do you feel about that? Yo, man, I'm, I'm proud to be a Long Islander, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, I, I, and I love listing the MCs that came from Strong Island. Let's, you know what I'm saying? Oh, from, let's do it. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's a PA. <laughs> We got Rakim, as, you, as yeah, before mentioned. We got EPMD. EPMD. We got we got Buster Rhymes, even though he he grew up in Brooklyn, but we we go we go count Buster. You got Daylight in Uniondale to be specific. Mm. Yeah. I know where you. I, I know I know people that, that that know people that know people that knew people. Right. So yeah, that's that's Bust and that's that's yeah. yes, that's Lee. We got Daylight. Daylight, all from, yeah. from Copeg and Amityville. Keith Murray. Keith Murray. Central Iceland, mm-hmm. even though I'm smiling. Uh-huh. I mean, yo, I K, mean, K Solo, K Solo. Yeah. I mean, it, it 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 gets heavy. Yeah, bro. Like Long Long Island is serious. Freddie when Fox, you, you, huh? Freddie, Fo- Freddie oh. Fox, bumping up, bumping yeah. up, bumping up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, yep. that yep, bro, that dude, man. I mean, me and me, me and Bump, that's day one right there. Me and Bump's day one. Like he he's the first one. He's literally my first friend that knew I had a dream to be a writer. Okay, he's he's my first, he's the first person I ever told I want to be a writer. My first friend, and he and and, and Fox wrote. Matter of fact, he pitched the idea to me that we we're working on. As a matter of fact, and nice. and yeah, he he's that's that's my dude, man. That's my day one, man. His brother Taheem was my best friend. Okay, and Taheem, we lost Taheem 20, 22 years ago, just the other day. Oh 22 man, years ago, man. I think I don't even know. Maybe it's not even that long. Yeah, yeah, it's about twenty two joints, man. Yeah. That was my best friend, man. And like Fox, Fox and I, day one, man. He was the first dude I told that I wanted to be a writer. And I actually drove him to the Long Island Railroad train station, gave him the last money that I had in my pocket, drove my mother's Cutler Supreme, dropped him off. He caught the train to go meet with producers the very first time he put something down. Wow. Tony, these, these two producers, Tony and Yuli, they lived in Queens. I forget they laughed, they were brothers and shit. And, uh, and he, he drove out there and he. Yeah, that dude been in it, in it ever since, man. That's, that, that's my dude, man. That's that, my dude. that dude's a legend. He's he's super important to to our story because one of our very first guests was uh Wendy Day, and mm-hmm, and she mm-hmm. she she uh managed Freddie early on, and you know they mm-hmm. have a, they have a real great relationship. But also mm-hmm. one of the best shows we ever went to, 
Fox was there at, at the Roxy and then just just different stuff. In fact, I literally listened to I Love with him and MOP today. Uh, I got a I got a I got a playlist of all all these songs with love in the title and and I Love came on. So like anytime you hear Fox, man, you know, tell tell him from us. Thank you for MC. Yes, sir. I will. I will. I will. Don't do it. Yo, he did. He did a. He did a song for me one time. Man, we was in the studio. He just came to LA. He was chilling, and and, you know, we he doing his thing, and I saw his process, which I'd never seen before, and I'm I was blown away by that shit. And and I ended up leaving, going to the crib, or you know, going to what I think was a fight on that night. I went to the crib and was to watch the fight. So the next day he came through. Matter of fact, no, the next day me and him Eric went to Roscoe's. And and everybody's thing at Roscoe's is he orders six chicken legs and, and two waffles. That's like his every fucking time you go to Roscoe's, that's everybody's shit. And and I laugh in his face every time we crack up. And <laughs> they came, they we went to Roscoe's, and on the way back, they dropped me off at the crib. They, you know, was gonna drop me off the crib. And he played the song that he did for me, man. And he talked about my son and my mother and like, yo, man, like made me cry man like made his brother cry it was a, like a tribute man you know what i'm saying i was just like damn man he's like yeah bro I was just dope, like because he was saying he said he was so inspired by me coming you know like being in the studio with him for the first time in like 30 years you know what i'm saying it's like he's been doing all the shit that he's been doing and, and 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 i still got it man and it's just like that's my bury that me with that shit you know what i'm saying like that's that's my that's my anthem man when y'all standing over me man that's gonna be it right there that's that's my joint man. so that's that's how close we are yeah, that's why that's how close we are that's my dude man man salute yeah. salute the uh bumpy nuts uh yes, and, yes, and all the mcs out of long island man uh we we uh, they often talk about the the five boroughs they they often forget about long island but you can't mm -hmm. you can't tell the story of hip-hop without it man come on come on pe just pe alone yeah and then, and, then, and, then, and then just to just add two other ones, I mean, even though they rep different boroughs, like we mentioned Matt from Hempstead, and they're also mm -hmm. Prodigy, too. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man, a couple of shit, Ashanti from out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we, we spread the wings a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. My baby mom, to be. <laughs> 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 Get in line, man. Get in line. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're oh, yeah, that, that, that line is around the earth. <laughs> around the earth that's the circumference man that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, but yeah man so i mean like your 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 origin story is incredible you, you're like you it is it, it feels like almost like like forrest gump's starting out like like you just connected yeah. to everything like like yeah, like bro. i said we we started with rock kim we we had bumpy nuts and like you just getting started like so like when did like you mentioned you wrote a rhyme did you ever try to like really rap rap like did you try to record anything nah nah uh, uh, nah we the closer i ever got like you know dudes had different equipment and you know they might be down in the basement like the like one of the the, the one of my dj growing up like my personal everybody got their personal dj around the hood that we grew up with my man dj cool breeze and breeze lit the block from my i was raised by my grandmother Breeze lived the block from my grandmother. And so I would hear Breeze, I would hear his music, I would hear Broad, I would hear Sing Sing, and I would hear, you know, Drummer's Beat, Love is the Message. And it was like, you know, like Pepe Le Pew would like float through the air with the aroma. <laughs> like the beat would just take me, man. And I would float the next block, man. And, and it would be many a days, man, like I would be in a backyard and we in a B-boy stance, just, you know, standing over, 
Breeze watching him cut up. And and it'd be like myself. Oh, oh, can't forget my man. Going back to Long Island, my man Dow Chill, Mitchell Ruby Chill. Um, and, and Chill used to be, my man Chill used to be back there. Rakim used to be there. And we would give each other a pound, not say a word, and just like be out there for like an hour, just watching Breeze cut up. And like, you know, everyone knew each other in the neighborhood. Everybody knew each other, parents, everybody, everybody, auntie, everybody's cousins, everybody, everybody, everybody. And, and so, yeah, man, like that was growing up out there. And, and, it, it, and like, it was like, we knew it wasn't the city, but we, we, it was a certain energy, man, that we had. And, and it was always coming like, like the little brother that had to prove itself every time. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, we gotta, like, yo, here's the thing. I remember going to play ball. And it's like, you know, we go to Manhattan or, you know, we, we play niggas from Harlem. We play, you know, cats from Brooklyn. Like, they look at us like, these niggas can't ball. But by the time we left, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, matter of fact, and again, not, not getting too ahead of myself, but I was a starting shooting guard on the 1983 state class A champions on, you know, North Babylon High School on Long Island. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, everyone that, that played in that game played Division One ball. Wow, okay. Yeah, you know what oh, I'm saying? Like it was it was like Big East High School. That's what we call it. Everybody played like AC. My man Russ went to NC State. My man Doug Brown went to Syracuse. My man Bobby Brown went to Hofstra. I went to Howard. My man Mike went to Colgate. Billy Donovan, head coach of the Bulls, we played against him. He was my year. Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith, Kenny Hutchinson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was all. <laughs> Curtis Aiken. Uh, yeah, that was that year. Kenny Smith and Mark was the two point guards. I mean, who else? Rich Radar Anderson. Man, and yo, the dope nicknames from back then. Oh my God. Radar Anderson, Meathead, uh, Action Jackson, the Jet. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, my man Russ Pierre, they call him the franchise. Man, but I can go on and on. That's a whole nother. That's, that's, yeah, that's whole. That's like sneaker, basketball sneakers. That's a whole nother. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole oh, other job. Oh, you you speak in our language, man. That's yeah, like, that's, 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 that's a that's a whole other interview. I already know. I already know. Yeah, we, we're, we're, man, <laughs> yo, I <laughs> mean, we, we 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 can talk about it. I mean, I already I already feel like, man, we this this is going to be a, a series. It, it feel yeah. like, but no, I man. Know. Um, yeah, here's here's another thing too. Just to just uh, kind of button that that point up about um, Long Island, Strong Island. Like we're seeing it now too uh, with Griselda. Like when you talk about the five boroughs, it's so easy for them to kind of galvanize amongst each other and, and say New York City. But mm -hmm. when it's undeniable, mm -hmm. they start claiming, right? So <laughs> right, 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 like right. Griselda's all the way up in Buffalo, hours away, right. almost in Canada. <laughs> right. But it's New York now because right. of how tough they were. And yes. you, can see, you can see that with De La, with Ra, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. yes. you know, with all those acts that we named. Like, yeah. they were at their peak, PE, you know, included. When, mm -hmm. when, when they were at their peak, it wasn't no, ah, oh, you know, they they from Long Island. It was, no, nah, it's, it's the whole New York, you know, like, they, like yo, they represent, represent, they represent. represent. Yeah. Same, same thing with Yonkers, like with yeah. the locks and Mary yeah. and X. Yeah, you X. know, you, you, it was, it was so undeniable, like, you, you know, when you gain that respect, you put your arms around them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yo, like, ironically, X got, got roots up in Buffalo. And, and yeah, yeah, what so I understand, like, yeah, like, he, he, I, I know his first, you know, his family. And they grew up like four or five houses from Rick James's family. Wow, which is crazy! Like they're all on that same block. Yeah, Swiss, Swiss said he used to uh, he used to lay uh, X kind of used to lay low out there. 
Mm-hmm. You wanted to kind of get yeah. away from everything. You go to Buffalo. Yep. That's a yep. wild spot to lay low. I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. for real. Like, like, I, 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 I'm assuming you've been to Buffalo, Kenny. I don't know if you've yes, been there. Bob. I have not. That, yeah. that, that is, just think like your, your like ex, Camden. Would, ex, ex Camden, would New Jersey is yeah. like Buffalo. yes. How yo, and, and how how is how is X not stand out in Buffalo? Right. Of all, you're like X, like X stands out wherever the fuck he goes. But, but Buffalo right. of all places. Yeah, yeah, think yeah. about it. Though. Look, look who look look, look when you see West Side, you can see like uh, oh, it's just. You know, yeah. West yeah. Side so flamboyant, like, <laughs> like, like X, and then like, you know, it's just like Buffalo is a wild city. I, I've been through yeah, there a man. couple of times. Yes, it's 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 official tissue in Buffalo. Shout out, shout out to uh, everybody up there, man. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, man. Uh, he holders. We got we got my main man, man. We got. We got we got Kenny in the building, man. I'm 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 exhausted already, man. Like, I, <laughs> like if you if you told me it was over right now, I'm I'm good to go. But no, seriously though, we we gonna we gonna hip hop is is so vast that mm. is it, in in my lifetime I seen it to where it was almost invisible on television to it being everything to where. Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble are rapping to where mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just as 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 we record this the day before the biggest watched event in the world the Super yes. Bowl yes <laughs> featured Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg Mary yes. J Blige Fifty Cent Eminem and Kendrick Lamar yeah you know yeah everything is hip hop you know yep yep you know so you have a whole lot to do with that. Whether 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 you want to take the credit for it or not, I'm telling you, you have a whole lot to do with that. With some of the things that Thank you, you put your hands you. on, um, where where did you even get the idea or the or or the 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 itch to be like, yo, I want I want to not only do I want to write, I want to write mm. for television. September 1970. I'm 56. I was born 1965. September 1972, Friday night, eight o'clock, NBC. I want to say it was like September 9th, September 22nd. But we used to watch Sanford and Son, you know, every Friday. And and, and yep, I'm already I'm already seeing it, man. And bruh, and I want I wear size extra large, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bruh, I, I, this particular episode in, in Sanford and Son, they always would run the credits, the written by, during the you know the opening credits. And I just made a point and I saw the name Richard Pryor and Paul Moore. And I'd heard about Richard Pryor because Lady Sings the Blues had just came out. And I didn't know Paul Moon. And it was an episode called The Dowry where uh, Fred's cousin comes into town with his new wife and they have a you know a daughter who's you know, heavyset, yes. And when she marries, she gets a $10,000 dowry. So of course, Fred tries to hook Lamont up so he can get his hands on the money. And it's just full of fat jokes and it was just funny. And I remember after that, because Chico and a Man came on at 8.30. 7 7.30 Gong <laughs> Show, 8 o'clock Sanford and Son, 8.30 Chico and a Man, 9 o'clock Rockford Files. And oh, Rockford Files, let's go. Rockford <laughs> Files, man. And, and I remember turning to my mother as the closing credits of the music was playing, Quincy Jones music was playing. And I said, Mom, I want to be a writer. And she was smoking a cigarette, putting a cigarette out and potato chips. And 
she's like kind of looked at me because back then everybody wanted to be Muhammad Ali everybody wanted to be you know Reggie Jackson everybody wanted to be you know Tom Siva, whoever it was man but I was like yo I want to I want to be a writer she kind of gave me a look and, and that's and I just I, I left it there it was, I just left it right there and I was 72 so there's no I'm, I'm from Wine Edge Amos Studios out there so I was just what I did was this man my mother God bless her man she don't even know what she did I, I didn't even know what she did but she got me a, a Radio Shack tape recorder. Just a regular, the regular flat shit. Just a regular with the five buttons on that shit. And and bought me one like TDK or one Tandy cassette tape. Oh, Tandy. And, that was the Radio Shack brand. Yep, the Radio Shack I used Shack to work brand. at Radio Shack. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I, I used to steal from Radio Shack, 103rd and Broadway. I used to steal from Radio Shack, too. Yeah, <laughs> I love <bro>. working there. <laughs> <laughs> bro, that's probably Allegedly. Like, yeah, yeah, allegedly, that's what I heard. I was, it ain't got me on, on video. But um, um she had bought me this one cassette tape, man. And every Friday, this is before VCRs, before DVRs, before any of that shit, um, before even Betamax, mm. like, it was just cassette tape, man. And I, I used to set my, my tape recorder up and record the audio of every episode of Sanford and Son. And I would listen to that every day from Friday, Wake up Saturday, listen to it, listen to it Sunday, Monday, all the way to the next Friday, and Legend. then tape the next episode over. And then on the other side, the flip side, a couple of years later, and that's how long I had that little tape recording, this one cassette tape. I think maybe I got another tape along the way because that one popped or whatever. But later on, because Sanford and Son came on 72 to 77, 1972 to 1977. And Good Times came on from 74 to 79. So the first two years, I'm just doing all like mixed games on one side of the thing. and. Sanford and Son on the other side. Just, you know, every week I'm doing Sanford and Son episodes and listening low key, low learning timing and, and, and how to tell a joke and how to set up a joke. So even when I watch old reruns now, it'll take me right back. I remember taping this. I remember recording this. I remember listening to this with my grandmother making her laugh because I could quote it verbatim. And I was unwittingly studying how to write a script and how to, you know, structure, you know, all of that. And, 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 Flipped the tape over on Wednesday night when Good Times came on and started coming on in 74. And and did that for a couple of years, man. And then graduated high school, went to Howard. Um, didn't, I, I studied journalism. I wasn't learning what I wanted to learn. I, I was more creative and, you know, I, 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 hip hop was in me, man. I, you know, you couldn't confine me. I, I had my own idea about what I wanted to do. And I'm still remembering Paul Mooney, Richard Pryor. And, uh, and I remember leaving school, man, this was like 86. And I remember, and again, I'm a baseball guy too. I remember the 86 Mets being my team and being out. And he just did, I had a dope ass documentary on the 86 Mets. And that took me right yeah. back. And we uh, talked about that with Mike Geronimo. Oh man, bro, yeah. Mike G. That's my guy too, man. I fuck with Geronimo. Yeah, we, we talked, we talked, we, it had just came out when, when we was on with us, but, but yeah, I'm sorry, continue. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, I remember that summer. I, I this is the thing. I, this this is where my Radio Shack time comes in. Um, I was actually I was in school. I was at Howard. I lived off campus because I was doing some things that afforded me an apartment off campus. And uh, and I, like I kind of yeah, and I kind of you know got a little distracted with school. wasn't wasn't really interested in school as it was anyway. Kind of got a little distracted. So and I bought a plane ticket. Uh, to go to California and a one-way one plane ticket to go to California and my apartment got broken into 
and they took everything. I was living on two, I would live at 201 I Street, Southwest DC. And they broke into my shit, took everything, man. And somehow, some way, they did not get my plane ticket. And I had this one-way plane ticket. So I, I, it's funny, man, because I remember the, the ticket was from DC. I had to fly to JFK in New York and then from New York to LA. So I had a chance to see my mother. I told her I was coming in. I see my mother at the airport. She gave me like a little package. This before you can actually add some other shit, yeah. you know, onto your existing <laughs> your car or whatever. And got some shit from her and flew out to Cali. And I stayed with my cousins. And my cousins were, my cousin was Nile Rogers' mother. Because Nile Rogers is my cousin. And my Aunt Beverly. And yeah, and in Redondo Beach, California, right? So I'm thinking, oh man, Redondo Beach, man. It's got beach in this shit. It's dope. Redondo. Okay, I don't know how to say that, spell that shit, but that shit is dope. Redondo Beach, California. And I got out there and and the the people that I was staying with, aside from my Aunt Beverly, everyone was smoked out. Everyone was smoked out. In my room, I had to, I had to share room. What year was this? 86. This, 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 that's, that's the room I was in. I got a picture of the outside of the place I stayed in. Beautiful crib. Um, Marlon Jackson from the Jackson 5 had a house like three, three doors down. But this is 86. This is the height of, you know, crack. This snowfall. This All this shit was really yeah. snowfall. And so it's like they were smoked out. I shared a room with the family dog. And my mattress was, you know, the the, the the little skinny shit that you put on lawn furniture, the little the foam padding <laughs> mm -hmm. that you, yeah. that, that was my mattress for the summer of 86. And I'm picking fleas and shit off me every night. And and, and I was, man, I'm like, I'm doing this shit. I'm out in California, man. I'm trying to, you know, get meetings and trying to get my toe in the door. Nothing is happening. Nothing is fucking happening. So what did I do? I got a job at Radio Shack. And my thinking was this. This, this, this is my, this was literally my life. I swear to God, this is my life. Steven Spielberg is going to come in. He's going to he wants a TV. He's going to buy a TV. I'm going to sell it to him. I'm going to engage him in conversation, and I'm going to get my fucking toe in the door. That's that. That was my. That was my roll of the dice right there. And rather than Steven Spielberg coming in, there was other customers coming in, and I'm looking at the Mets beat the Astros, in the, you know, in the championship series, and not paying attention to the customers, but stealing little radios and shit, you know, that I can sell on the side and shit. Again, that's stealing for radio set. What I would do, I'm so fucked up, I would take the garbage out and I would put radios and shit in the garbage and then I would go throw the shit in the dumpster. Everybody would shut down. I would come you back later back on, them? go back to take them shits out the motherfucker's dumpster. Man, I went home. I had like a nice little box. And then here's another, another quick little sidebar. I know I'm all over the place. Do you I think, man? I was listening to K-Day. I'm in Cali. I'm listening to K-Day. And they did a simulcast. This is 86. They did a simulcast from... Damn, I forgot. Delamo Mall. Delamo Mall in California. And LL performed Rock the Bells at a mall. And I remember listening to that shit, picking fleas off me, because I'm in there, you know, with the family dog, and, and thinking, like, yo, this shit was crazy. I remember recording that shit, because I, I had no problem with recording shit, because I stole this shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> I upgraded from the original Radio Shack shit, and I had, like, a little mini box. And, uh, and I, I recorded L recording that shit, and I stayed in California from July 86 until October, the day after the Mets won the World Series. I jumped on a bus for three days, three-day bus ride back to California, I mean, back to New York. I got transferred from the California Radio Shack, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, California Radio Shack to the Radio Shack on 103rd and Broadway in Manhattan. Um, and then I got transferred from there to the Radio Shack at the World Trade Center. And then from the World Trade Center, I actually I left that and I went to the Wiz. Um, when I went to the Wiz, 
one of my coworkers came in one day and I hadn't been to Howard, you know, in a couple of years. And she came in like, yeah, I heard your boy. And I'm bragging this whole time, lying my ass off, y'all. But lying my ass off. I'm in Cali. Let me, let me back up. Let me backtrack. When I went to Cali, I dated a girl. I met a girl from London. And we were dating each other. And, and she took me to go see this movie called She's Gotta Have It. And, and I remember seeing a line around the corner like, damn, this shit is dope. And it's like, yo, I'm like all these, these black people are like, yo, what is this shit? I thought it was a concert or some shit. And, and when I saw the movie, I was stuck. And I was, she was like, yo, what's up? I was like, yo, I got to get in touch with this dude, man. And that's when my wheel started turning. Like, I started remembering the Sanford and Son episode. I started like, okay, this might be it. And so here it is. I'm in California. Saved all my little money. One-way ticket. And a nigga that I feel is going to be the key to me getting into businesses in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I got to find my way to get back to the city. And that's why I was like, yo, I'm out of here. I'm going back out there. But back home. Um, transferred to Radio Shack, transferred to the Wiz at 86th and Broadway, where right across the street, there was a video dubbing place where Dr. Jekyll from Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, not Andre Harrell, but, but the other one. Yes, I always always mix the two up, the mix the two up, but it's, it's uh, not Andre, but his partner. And, um, and I'm embarrassed I forget his name now, man. That was my man. It'll come to me at four in the morning, I'll call you on it. Um, <laughs> but but we used to talk a lot and chop it up. My home, my, my, uh, my co-worker came in, said that Spike Lee was going to be speaking at Howard. I, had been, I hadn't been to Howard since I left, you know, like earlier that year. Um, so I took my mother's Cutler Supreme again, drove down to Howard, lying my ass off to all my boys. Like, yo, Spike is my dude. I had been writing Spike letters this whole time. Not heard nothing back from him. Sending Polaroid shots, everything. Just something trying to get my, my, my toe on the door. Anything to get on. Spike was throwing a party down. He had just finished school days. And he was throwing a party for homecoming. And EU was performing. So it was Howard Homecoming. EU from DC's performance. So it was like 5,000 people at the old post office pavilion. Katie Corner from across the street from the White House. Yep. And <clears throat> crazy people outside. And I had the crazy haircut. The Anthony Mason shit with three lines. I think I had my name carved in the back of my head. <laughs> you know, like the ill shit. I had some flamboyant ass 86 clothes on. And, and somehow, some way, my man Earl, this the Torrey connection, my man Earl from Coney Island, he seen me and I knew Earl from playing ball. He was like, yo, putty. And I didn't know that he worked for Spike. And so he waved me up front and I'm talking shit to my boys. And now I'm starting to believe my own lies and shit. And so like, they, you know, he waves me in. I was like, yo, yo, what's up, Yee, da, 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 da. And then Spike comes over, this the crazy shit. Spike comes over is like, Kenny Buford. I'm like, Oh shit, like, so you did get my fucking letters. You did get all my messages. Like, yo, I got all your messages. I got all your letters, all that shit. I've been doing a movie, da 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 da. Uh, you know, like, yo, you said you wanted a job, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. He said, yo, my cousin is upstairs selling t shirts. He's getting swamped. Can you go help him out? I'm like, all right. I went upstairs. His, his cousin Malcolm, who just did Space Jam 2, Best Band, uh, Girls Trip, Malcolm Lee, my man, hugged Malcolm, looked at my watch. It was like 11 30 at night. Next time I looked at my watch, it was like 3.30 in the morning. Had to go back to Radio Shack that day before I left D.C. This was on a Saturday night. I left D.C. on a Saturday night. Had to go back. Spike said, give me a call. I'll be back in town on Monday. Give my Trace and, uh, assistant Tracy Willard a call at 718-624-3703. That was the fucking number. 718-624-3703. <laughs> yeah. 
Yo, I, I know two phone numbers right now to this day. <laughs> I know two. Right. You know right. a number from 1986. Right. 718-624-3703. And, and I called Tracy. Matter of fact, I, I, I got his number. I went back to work that Sunday. I opened up the, the store at 11 o'clock. I left D.C. like 6 in the morning. Got back to New York around 10 that morning. Worked at Radio Shack. It was the last day I worked ever in my life. Worked from 11 to 5. The next day, Monday, called Tracy. Set up a meeting for Tuesday. That Tuesday just happened to be the Knicks Celtics, uh, the Knicks home open against the Celtics, 1987. My man Mark Jackson, who I played against in high school, was playing for the Knicks. He had just got drafted. He's a rookie. Yeah. I go to interview with Spike all on the same day. So Spike is like, yo, you want to go to the game? And this is before he had the court size. He was in the yellow seat. And uh, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to go. Hell yeah. So we jumped on the train. By the time we got to the garden, I was Spike's assistant. And my job was to clean the bathroom at 40 Acres um, every day after hours. And I, did, I man, it wasn't a cleaner bathroom in Brooklyn, man. I cleaned the fuck out that bathroom, beat you off the floor in that bathroom. And they did, I, I did that for two weeks, every day for two weeks, with the exception, uh, exception of Sunday. It went on a Saturday. And they liked what I did. I was never late. I was always early. Uh, you know, always asked if I could do more. I was always had a good attitude. Made them laugh, and they made me permanent. They, you know, it's like I was like the, the staff. My, you know, Spike's basically the assistant. I was the staff, you know, production assistant at Forty Acres. And a week after that, this again, how everything tied together to shit we love. I've been wanting to do this all my life. I finally got my toe in the door. First weekend, I fly to Chicago, and we shoot the commercial spots for the Jordan Threes. My first week, you can't tell me shit. You can't tell me shit. Yep. yep. <laughs> First three, the first week, and it, it, it's surreal. This shit was crazy. Mm. The, sneak, the sneakers that you saw, not, not the one Spikes had. Anytime you saw someone holding the shoe, literally holding the shoe, right? That oh, shoe, and that shoe ended up leaving with me. Jim Jim Rizwall, the dude who came up with the campaign, the Mars Blackman campaign for the advertising company called Widen Kennedy. Him and I just became very close, and and. You know, I sent him like a bunch of school days hats and t-shirts and sweatshirts and we had a whole bunch of shit. Every time I got some, I sent it to him. And so uh, that first week, he was just real, real cool, man. Like, he's like, I like you, man. You got a good energy. You're funny, man. But what size shoe you with? And I was just like, nine and a half. He said, he threw me in just like, 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 uh. The, the, the what's the commercial? The um, Mean Joe Green commercial with the Pepsi. Oh wait, oh wait, throw the jersey, 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 jersey. And the Coke commercial. Yo, the Coke commercial, bro. I threw that shit. I caught it. I was like, oh man. And and like people were getting killed. You know when Jordan's later come out, mm -hmm. people were getting robbed. People I, I still got that. the mag, the Sports Illustrated sneakers of your life, bro. Yes, yes, yo. And I I had them joints. I had the threes, the fours, and the fives four months before everybody because we did the commercials in November. And the shoes, shoes is always released All-Star Weekend in February. Mm -hmm. And and I never had no beef. Not one ounce, not one, you know, not even, only 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 cat that looked sideways at me and he offered to buy my shits was Mike Tyson. I just, and I, and I think he'd either rob me or, or pay me like a million dollars for my shits if he wore the same style. But it was, I did he wore like a size 10 and a half or 11 or whatever it was. And I, you know, I was a size nine and a half, so uh, he, he couldn't fit it. 
<laughs> but other than that, I never had no beef, man. The threes and fours are right. But that first year, man, and like I said, I took care of Jim Rizwald every time after that. And movie tickets, anytime Spike Spike was through parties, I always made sure that he came. And, and he always made sure, man, that I had. And even to this day, man, like I got, I'm, I'm affiliated with a boxing gym out here. And every year I hit him up, man, like, yo, man, you got any shit laying around? He'll send me a box of, you know, socks and headbands and wristbands, anything for the kids, man. He'll write some nice letter. So that's what thirty-five year relationship, man. Wow. And, and I and I'm like that was that's one of my proudest stories to tell and shit. Like yo, I was I had the Jordan threes, the four. Those those that's where my my favorite joints. Yeah. I was I, I was one of the first dudes at Howard. I got the receipts too to show. I got pictures of me at Howard University with my Jays. The first, the Jordan ones, twos. I wasn't a big super fan of, so I ain't uh, whatever. Threes, fours, and fives though. I had no. those are dear to my heart just you, because you I had you them. You don't even know. Time. You don't even Bro. know how much the the Jordan three. I have a picture from mm. 1988 with me and my mom both wearing the Jordan threes, matching. And we in DC, as a matter of fact, That's we great. in DC at a family reunion. That's great. Ma That's matching dope. shit. I'm, I'm gonna send That's it dope. to you. That's dope. That's dope. It, that 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 sh that shoe invite invite me and me and Bob. We went to Hampton. The, uh, the, mm -hmm. the other issue. Right on, right on, right on. <laughs> um, yes, sir. It, no, nobody wins when the family feuds. It's all love in here tonight. Yes, sir. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, man, the the three is is a staple for us. Man, like, bro. Like, Yo, I like, I put that joint on top of my TV. There wasn't no flat screens back then. I put them shits on top of my TV, and I would look at TV and look at my sneakers, look at my TV and look at my sneakers as I fell asleep. Yeah, and and, and bro. If you ever look at the Jordan Four commercial, the Jordan Four commercials, um, at one point, like Mike dunks, and he hangs on the rim. But naturally, when you dunk, you swing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to dunk without swinging either. You know, forward and you know, back and forward or side to side. One way or other, he was swinging. So Spike was trying to figure it out. Ernest Dickinson, director, was trying to figure it out. So Spike was like, "Yo, come here, Kenny." I run in. He's like, yo, I need you to hold Jordan, you know, or hold Mike every time he dunks. So Mike would dunk, and I'm holding Jordan's legs so he won't swing. Grabbing Mike by his legs and hips so he won't swing. And me and Jordan got cool, man. Like, he was a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? I the ill shit was, I had some ill fucking video shit, some videotape I had on my camcorder, man, and somebody broke into my car and stole that shit, man. Somebody oh. broke in my car and stole that shit. Yeah, man, bro, I, I had so much classic shit. Me, my, me making my lab, me trying to sell him my Jordans. Like, just being stupid, <laughs> trying to sell him my Jordans. <laughs> wow, wow, he's getting his hair cut and shit, man. It was like he was on the floor, man. And and one time, uh, Martin came in town. Um, and this was like, I think when we did the campaign for the fives, it's got to be the shoes, that campaign. And, and, and I mean, Martin had Jordan, he, you know, Martin just came through for the day and shit. He was just kicking it. And he had, I never seen Michael Jordan laugh. Like I you know, you might say to his Jordan laugh, but he laughing or some shit. Man, bro. Martin, I ain't never seen one man make another man laugh so hard. Like Jordan had tears, like, like, like the meme. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's how this nigga was crying, man. Behind, behind Martin, man, that shit was so funny, man. But yeah, bro. So that's like I, again, I kind of went, you know, like took it all the way from oh. from that, you know, the the good you time. Took it exactly where it needed to go, man. Yo, <laughs> right 
<laughs> man. Yo, that, yo, that's legendary though. Just from that that post office party with you know and going upstairs mm-hmm. and, and helping Malcolm Lee. Mm-hmm. And just everything. I mean, just you writing the letters for years, and then for him to say Kenny Buford, like he knew me right away. Bro. He knew me right away, man. I'm like, like how many letters did you write him for him to know you, like? Bro, I must have wrote between letters, leaving messages on his voicemail, and sending Polaroids. You know, just taking Polaroid pictures. You know, having because thinking maybe you know, okay, fine. You don't need anybody to work for you. You don't need an assistant. Maybe you need somebody to be in your new movie. You know what I'm saying? Like I just want to be in somehow, some way. I wasn't trying to be active or shit. If I, that's what I got to be, so be it. And I would say, bro, maybe all total, man, like like 20, 25 different, you know, contacts. You know, trying to reach out in various ways and shit. Yeah. I, I, and I, I don't. One thing I never did. I never like crashed. I never went and, like went to the office. Yeah. And I'm and I'm glad I didn't because come to find out later, Spike didn't like that shit. Like he didn't like when people just showed up. He wanted them. And so I was like, man, I'm glad I'm glad I didn't do that shit. But yeah, man, it's, it's one of those. Remember hearing Frankie Crocker? Used to, oh no, 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 no! Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. He used to hear Mr. Magic. He used to say, "Persistence overcomes resistance." Whatever he would talk, whatever he would do, this WHBR show. He would always say, "Persistence overcomes resistance." And I'm like, I, to, I like that. I like that. I like that. Be yourself, or you might find yourself by yourself. He used to always say that. <laughs> and, and and I remember that shit, man. I was like, I gotta be persistent, gotta be persistent, man. And, and then Spike ended up saying that. That's what it was, man. He's like, he, that's why he knew my name. And then I, I was going to School of Visual Arts at the time, too. I was trying to get, you know, trying to, you know, just kind of brush up on my, 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 my craft. And he was impressed with that. And like I said, man, my first week, my first, this is crazy. My first week was the Jordan 3s. Then that second week, we got, came back to New York and he was doing post-production for school days. And that first week they were doing Foley. They were doing all of the sound stuff, all the sound mixing afterwards. And the first person I met was Ozzy Davis. Second person was Kadeem Hardison. We're still friends to this day. And the third person I met was Branford Marcellus, who was the coolest motherfucker on earth. Like, Branford, like, man, this, like, I met him and an hour later, he's like, yo, come on, let's fucking go get something to eat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we drive, he had a sob, and we drove from, Man- from Manhattan to Brooklyn in like 15 minutes. And <laughs> we, we stopped. That's crazy in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, bro. It was so, I mean, he was, I, I was like, I'm a diamond brand for myself. I'm a diamond brand for myself. I kept saying this, I'm a diamond brand for myself. He was just cool as shit. <laughs> and he just like didn't like, time lights perfectly. I mean, just like we flew over the river. Only thing we took the bridge. And and, <laughs> and and we and this was like before, like before Best Buy and all that shit. And he went to like this little like this boutique electronic store to get like this top line TV. I never forget this shit. And it was an overcast day. This was like like I said, this had to be second week in November, like right before Thanksgiving. So it's you know kind of getting chilly and shit. And we go in, he buys his TV, the big humpback joints, and it must have been like a like a 40 inch big joint nice you know big ass box and shit so i'm you know i'm used to i'm you know i'm spikes assistant now i'm trying i'm used to cleaning toilets and shit so shit now you know let me help my man you know load his shit into his car i'm picking Bramford's tv up struggling with this shit he's like man yo kb put that shit down let one of these motherfucking white boys get it <laughs> i was like yo i'm gonna love this shit man like this the type of shit i got myself into man <laughs> and, and, and the white dude came and loaded that shit in the car, man. And Bradford gave him a nice tip. And we went back to the crib. And I, the TV, 
was for these two dudes that was living with him. This 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 dude named Keith and this other dude named Premier. And and that was that was game cross. <laughs> Come on, man. That was the and it's like and I met them for the first time. They live right right off the street. They live right off of Lafayette Avenue. Bro. Yep. Ask hey, them. They'll, they'll do that. They'll do that same shit. I yep. told you, yo. You you were like Forrest Gump without the leg braces, yo. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like, 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 like seriously, it. like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. That was. But let's, let's, let's keep going, man. <laughs> yeah, because because so tell us about your uh because did, didn't you have uh, uh like living arrangements that were pretty unique um um you know around sorry you work you work for forty acres. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then you lived in Brooklyn. At the time, I was living when I first started working. I was I was with my grandmother still on Long Island. Yeah, <clears throat> so I was catching the train every day. Yeah, which is not they was impressed that I was never late. You know, I was on time. I was early every time. Yeah, and so I ended up meeting. It's funny because again, Spike had season tickets, but they had yellow tickets. And and after that first game, you know, like. Spike went into the dressing room and I'm like, oh shit. Like, and 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 I remember seeing Patrick Ewan and his boys talking. I know I, I went to Howard with Patrick's sister. We had a couple classes together. And so I, I went up, introduced myself. He was very humble, very cool. And I ended up talking to one of his boys, this guy named James Atwater, who went to Georgetown with him. And me and James started kicking it. And come to find out, James had an apartment. Spike's office was at 124 Decalb Avenue. And James had an apartment available, one bedroom apartment at 183 Decal. And right at Decal and called. And so I was like, yo, man, how much is it? Da, 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 da. He's like, man, look, you, you Spikes boy, I know you're good for it. You know, just give me a call. And I, so like the first <clears throat> like two, three weeks, I went from Jordan threes to uh school days, Foley and uh, sound mixing. Meeting everybody, met Jasmine guy the following week after that to get in my own apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah. And then the, that the first thing that I read was Spike dropped on us one day, about a month and change into me working there. He dropped everyone, he gave everyone off his copies of Do the Right Thing. So it was called something else. Forget what it was called. Um, but he gave us copies of Do the Right Thing. And I I was I like I was I was I took notes. And I didn't know if I was supposed to or not, but I did. And and I was like, why is he give us to us? Not just to read it, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we, you know, and, and and I had some jokes for him, man. And he ended up putting, he gave me a check for a thousand dollars. And it's the biggest check I got to that point. And I, I I did a lot of the writing, or a lot of the stuff that I gave it ended up being the racial slurs montage. Ah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like when when like I used to because I used to do all the errands and shit. I was you know I was a PA, so I was running all over the place. And one day there was an accident, and it was a Chinese dude that hit this African dude or this African lady, and then an uh, Italian dude came over, then a Jewish dude came over, so like a, an Irish cop came. It was like a, every fucking New York nationality you can find, and everyone was just like spitting on each other, like fuck you, nigga, fuck you, you fucking gook, and that. I mean, I'm like. And I remember going back in the office and telling them that shit. I made it funny, and Spike ended up putting it in there. And I kind of, I guess, punched it up a little bit. Yeah. And, and we were walking. Spike was going somewhere. And I was going. I don't know where I was going. He said, "Yo, walk with me." And he pulled out a check right on Decal Avenue, like right at the light. He crossed the street. He pulled out a fucking check, and it's a thousand dollars. At first, I started throwing hundreds. Like, oh shit! And I was like, oh shit! 
like a G. Man, I took that shit. I don't even think I went back to the office. I took that shit, went straight downtown Brooklyn. But you keep going straight, you're riding downtown Brooklyn. I think I bought like six sweatsuits. <laughs> and like some, it's like some sneakers or some shit. <laughs> and 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 then took a girl to juniors or some shit like yeah. that. I think my girlfriend Monique, I took her to juniors or some shit. And then, and then, and then, this is what I forget. That then that next week, that's when we the very first music video I ever did, we shot right at Brooklyn Tech High School, right next to 40 Acres office, was the butt video. Mm. That was the, the very first music video I ever did was the butt video. He was cool as shit. Yep. And that night, see, I remember, I just remember every fucking detail I lived in a moment. That night, you can look at, probably it's on internet somewhere. That night, Public Enemy had a concert somewhere in, I think, in Tennessee. And someone had got killed at a concert, like when they were given like a canned food drive or some shit. Someone got like stomped or, you know, trampled or some shit like that. And, you know, Spike, you know, was, was getting cool with chucking them because, you know, he wanted them to fight the power. And this was during, we had just finished school days. He's still doing school days, editing school days and doing the final touches. But he was already starting that ball rolling. And, uh, yeah, man. And look at that, it's crazy. I just saw myself on TV. Mm -hmm. Talking about Def Comedy, just saw Def Comedy Jam. But yeah, man, like that, 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 that first month was like a whirlwind, man. And then, you know, we, we started, um, we did, we started do the right thing and pre-production and do the right thing. I was out running around doing whatever I was doing and came into the office and there was this dude, he had these EK glasses on, you know, USA boxing jacket and it was hot as hell. And he's sitting at my desk, he's like, yo, Spike, who this dude, who this? Like, you know, like, and I'm, I'm feeling myself because, you know, I'm Spike's assistant, I'm talking shit, like, who this? And he go, yo, my name Martin, sure. And I was like, yo, Ma, yo, think I can get my desk? Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. I kind of had a little chip on my shoulder, a little attitude. <clears throat> and, and I don't know what it was. I was like, yo, bro, you hungry? Like, I, I had run out and I, was, I didn't get none of his. Like, yo, you hungry? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, come on, man, I got you for lunch. Man. I, I don't know Martin from nobody. Just met him, he's just sitting at my desk, which I didn't appreciate. But come on, man, let's go grab some meat. And we went to Mario's Pizza on Decal Avenue, and I got him you know, like two slices of pizza. And by the time we got back to 40 Acres, we was telling mother jokes and, you know, I'm, I'm snapping on his ears and he's telling me I look like every Puerto Rican and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we became the best of friends, like right in that moment, man. And that was the first day to do the right thing. I was in mm, 88, the summer of 88, like May or June of 88, May of 88. And later that night, uh, he told me Martin told me where he was staying, and Spike had a couple people up, you know, in, in different Brownsville. They had rented different Brownsvilles around the neighborhood, and a couple people up. And so Martin told me where he was staying. I forget the I can take you to the place, but I forget the address. Um, like South Elliott, something like that in Brooklyn. And I get down there. I knock on the door. Who opens the door? As we started, my man Robin Adams, because him and Martin were roommates. And I used to go down there every single day that we tape or didn't tape on Do the Right Thing. And and those two would just go at it. And it was the best. I never laughed so hard, man, all my fucking life, man. They used to go at it. And it was the funny. I used to pee on myself, man. I, I would go home <laughs> crying. People look at me walking down the street like crazy. Man, 
and 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 Robin was a good dude. Love Martin loved him, man. He loved Martin, man. Like they, you know, like Robin was gonna be the original host of Def Comedy Jam. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, I've seen it. You know, yeah. You know, when he passed, you know, it was like a natural for Martin to do it. Um, Eddie and Eddie suggested that, you know, that Martin, you know, because Russell and them came to the stand. I mean, Russell and Stan came to Eddie, like, yo, who should we get? Man, and Robin's going, it's like, yo, this is this man Martin. You know what I'm saying? Like, Martin's the, the, the young, funny cat. And uh, that's when we got that death penalty. And, and I would, I will, well, I'm, I'm kind of going ahead of myself, you know, going all the way past this, but during the, during the, Deaf comedy jam years. I did a. Uh, I would go out on stage literally with a pen and pad to kind of look around and take notes of whoever's sitting down, and then I would go back and tell Martin, and him and I would write jokes. They would go out and tell the jokes and kill. I come back in, we write some other shit, and go back and kill. And so everything that you saw, we like did right on the fly, on the fly, because yeah. he didn't want he, he didn't want people to look at you so crazy, and and you know think that you so crazy was you know like I'm paying for this shit, you do the shit for free on TV, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, he was doing, uh, he had a couple of concert albums and talking you know, shit. Talking shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, you know. that's, that's my favorite thing that he's ever done. Like, no, no offense. <laughs> uh, bro, I produced that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Honored. No, I that's, that's that my, fa- that's my favorite shit that he did, man. Like, every joke in there, like, I, I remember, like, when he was talking about, like, how he wanted to be a boxer. Yeah, yep. until he got hit, he's like, "Give me a fucking Caesar salad, back of Twizzlers, and two bus passes." Like, Yo, that like, ended up being a boxing episode. Yeah, when he fought Tommy Hearns. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. On, on that, that's my voice on the album with that. Give it up, y'all, for Martin Lawrence. That's me. Okay. Right when oh, he comes wow. out, right, right when because and we wanted to get it just like that nigga's crazy, just like Richard Pryor's that nigga's yeah. crazy. And, and and give it a give a big San Francisco round of applause. Come on, y'all, for Mr. Richard Pryor. Come on, give it up. And we wanted that, you know, glasses tinkling and you know, yeah. you can hear the silverware and that type of shit, real intimate and shit. And I remember I was we did it at the comedy store and I was nervous as shit because I'm shy. And I ain't, you know, I ain't no far. I live through Mart, man. I could tell you the jokes and you know, I can live through him. Man, I'm all weekend, man. We just we had to do it like on a Monday night. And all weekend, I'm fretting those on Sunday night. So like, Martin asked me like on a Thursday. So Friday night, I couldn't sleep. Saturday night, I couldn't sleep at all. Like I'm practicing my shit. Like I'm, you know, like I'm going to be on Def Comedy Jam, bro. Like all I'm doing is introducing this cat. And so I'm nervous and shit. I'm sweating and shit. I got my nice shit on. I'm sweating all in the armpit. And I, I walk out on stage. The first motherfucker I see, the biggest nigga in the world is Shaquille O'Neal. Right there, the biggest thing. I'm like, God damn I'm looking around, I see everybody looking at me. And I told my first little joke and, and it kind of went over good. Like, oh shit, I right. So I started, you know, I got the ball once and I scored. Now I'm thinking every time I touch the ball, I'm a, I'm a okay, stop me. <laughs> Man, and Martin, so I'm forgetting that Martin, I'm supposed to be introducing him. So he's nervous too. Cause he's the actual one's gotta fucking do an hour long comedy, you know, and we, we recording the album and shit. So he was like, can he, can he be coming the fuck on, nigga? <laughs> he yelled at me and, 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 and quickly I was just like give it up y'all for Martin Lawrence and that's what you hear now okay. that's what you yeah. hear now and shit yo I, I love I, I still have the actual CD around the, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna find it I know I've been keeping everything I have the, the yeah, talking shit CD that's that's my I love that Dre man, that's, man thank you bro thank you man yeah, that's yo. like you, 
That's you. The, you the only one. Shit, I wish that shit would have fucked. We'd have more people like you. Would have been all right. No, shit. no, man. Well, well, I can speak for me and my friends because this, this, mm. this is the you know our whole podcast is named Tissue and the Tape, but I recorded it on a cassette tape because I didn't have a I didn't have a disc man yet. But yep, I had, yep, to, yep. but my step pop had bought the CD. I I didn't have a disc man yet, so I recorded it on the on a TDK. And I had that joint. We would just listen to them joints. We had all the <laughs> the way you recorded Sanford and Son. I yes, recorded yes. I recorded stuff off of I like we had Delirious, we had Raw, we had yes. uh Live at the Sunset Strip. Like yep, we yep. record them off the off the video. So like and remember um Eddie Murphy had did a version of Raw, but he did it on HBO. Yep. So we got like the jokes that's not like he do the uh the shit that's not on the album. Joke. Yeah, yep. he do the Larry Holmes joke that's not in the um that's not in Raw. Yes, and um all of those I keep the sensation and all this. So we had all of them. We had all uh-huh. of them. So we would just listen to this back to shut back. up, bitch. Shut up, yeah. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo. So like, yeah, it was the same thing. So, but no, we listened to that religiously. We knew like I could I could go line from line where where he's. Where he's telling all the different jokes from that joint, even before you so crazy. That's still my favorite. Yeah, joint. bro. Like, like yeah, that's yeah. the one. I enjoy, man. We did that shit, man. We actually, it's funny. We got Biff Dawes. You mentioned uh, Live on a Sunset Script. Biff Dawes, he did the production design on those albums. So I looked him up to do our shit too. And yeah, because I remember, like, it was like talking shit, but like the 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 eye was it was it looked like it like it ripped. So you yeah. so because you know you you couldn't spell the word in there, so it looked like it yeah. was ripped off. Yeah, yep. it was. It, yeah, East West Records, Sylvia Rome. Yeah, man. We signed to Sylvia Sylvia Rome, East West Records, man. She was she was good to us, man. She she let us do what we wanted to do. We did the talking shit and we did funk it. It was called funk it, but it's really fuck it. Yeah. And uh, and the second one, we we got nominated for a Grammy for the second joint. Yeah, and the, 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 it always be like that, like. I look at it like 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 Ill Madigan, it was written. Like he was a superstar for it was written, but yeah, it's, Il, it's Il shit. Is, yeah, but you know, and then later on people went back and yes, and, yes. But talking shit is the one, man. Man, yeah, I agree, bro. That was like I, I, I enjoyed that shit, man. Between that shit, it, like that came together quick too, but you know, like comedy sets take a long time to develop, you know, like especially if they're gonna be good. And and we we like we were on the road, man, and we worked that shit out on the road in addition to doing the You So Crazy set. Because that's what he's performing on the road when that up be, you know, being you so crazy. So Sylvia Rohn approached us while we was on the road and you know, wanted to give us a two album deal. I was like, yo, Martin always, he like he trusted me with the business side of shit. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, yo, you feel this is a good enough amount of money? I said, yo, you tell me how much money you're trying to get. You know what I'm saying? And I'll make sure that we get it and we got it. And we got like at that point we got like the highest advance for a comedy album ever. That was what 93, 92? 95. It was like 95 for I think the ninety-five. I'm pretty sure we recorded in ninety-four and they released it in ninety-five. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I could be maybe a year off, but I'm pretty no, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. No, it was ninety-three. Yeah. It was nine it was ninety-three. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. It was ninety-three. 92, and then and then talking yeah. shit. I mean, uh, Funky was ninety five. Yep. Because I got yeah. to talk. I got to tell other people. Gotta, that, that's <laughs> yeah. where they got the joint from. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Got to talk the way I see it. Yep. 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 <laughs> Yo, that's yeah. that's crazy. That's um, that's that's your man Keith and Premier. Like it, that's yep. 
That's funny yeah. how that comes full circle. Yep. Full circle. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, bro. Yo, that's and, yo, that's nuts, man. Bro, yeah, yo, man. I I used to when I when I was <laughs> I went from when I was at Forty Acres. Going back yeah. to that, when I was when I was at Forty Acres. Um, you know, Spike used to throw parties all the time, and like at the Puck Building in in Manhattan, um, you know, in particular. And I still got to fly. Matter of fact, I'm gonna post something on uh, on an anniversary, so like coming up like March 19th or something like that. Spike's birthday, and um, like everyone wanted to come to the party, so like I knew, you know, I was kind of getting you know nice little reputation around town and getting to know people. And I got to know the people at MTV pretty good, and you know, your MTV raps, you know, really well. Fab, you know, Fab had been down with Spike from She's Got to Have. He's one of the producers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Habit. You know, so you know, like Fab was always around, and you know. Fab and I got to know each other real well. I used to go just kick it with Fab. And he was like, yo, we need somebody over here. Yo, you know, because like Ted is going to do films and, you know, go do his thing. And he's going to do this new show called Fade to Black. And Todd's going to be leaving, da-da-da-da-da. I won. Todd won, my man, Tiuno. And uh, so I reached out to them. And and I was kind of looking to break away from 48 because it's kind of, you know, spread my wings a little bit and see what I could do. And and they Ted was like, yo, <laughs> Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? So he put me on and it was, it was like, again, you know, even the spirit of the show, man, it's like a, a, what y'all do, man. It's like, it was the perfect bridge for me to go from like doing TV and film, but really film with Spike and then going into TV with music and the music happened to be hip hop you know, because it's on TV raps. And, and to, to be around Ed and Dre and like to have creative input, input and to say, you know, what they were going to do every day to be able to talk to Fab about some of the things that he wanted to do and some of the concepts he wanted to have, you know, different shows he wanted to do. Like my first episode with, the first thing I ever did with Fab, we did a, uh, we went to a car dealership with Sir Mix-a-Lot on Long Island. Mm. And, and Sir Mix-a-Lot was, at that time, he was Sir That's Mix-a-Lot. My posse's on Broadway. Yes. Sir Mix-a-Lot. And yo, cool as dude, I forget his, I forget his, his government name, man, but that dude was cool, man. And like, Again, it was one of surreal moments, man. Like, yo, this is my fucking first week, and I'm in a, and I'm kicking it with fucking Sir Mix a lot. Like, that's you know crazy. what I'm saying. And and and, and, and Fab Five Freddy, you know what I'm saying. And and then tomorrow I'm gonna go do a fucking show with with Jonathan Demi at the World Trade Center with Eddie Dre. You know what I'm saying. That's why I mean at the at the Statue of Liberty with Eddie Dre. It was crazy. That is wild, man. Um, but so like to be able to reconnect with like Rock Kim, who I hadn't seen in a, you know in years. And he had heard my name bubbling. Of course, I seen him, but to see him at your MTV raps and to see everything your MTV raps and just to kind of connect, you know, so to keep to see Keith, man. So ironically, Bumpy and Premier got very close, mm. and and me and Keith got kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Like we got, you know, like just on the like he was a light skinned dude, I was a light skinned dude, so we always, <laughs> you know, we always, we always made a point to give each other love. And when I did yo. They did an episode when they came in and they performed Dwick with uh, Nice uh -huh. and Smooth. And it was a bunch of kids that came to a taping that day and it was real weird. It's like, yo, you're not gonna make me perform in front of all these kids. I'm like, yo, that's the tape. I want y'all to do it. He was like, I, I, I. And it you know, ended up being like a dope ass episode. We had fun and shit. You could, actually, if you ever see that shot, you can probably Google that shit on, oh, on, on, no, on YouTube. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. We've we, we seen it. <laughs> no, but <laughs> like, that's so crazy, man! Like, like you, you, you've been a part of so, so many cultural defining 
you know, entities like from the the, the Spike Lee movies to mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo TV raps and you know the the early you know concerts albums with Martin to all the stuff we about to get into you know mm-hmm. with, with with TV and one of one of my favorite things that you did which we gonna talk the lyricist lounge man oh man yo bro you couldn't tell me that me and Vod wasn't gonna be on the lyricist lounge though I already know what my what what my what my what my, my lines <laughs> is gonna be and everything like man man, man bro like I- it was ahead of his time, way ahead of his time, yo. Yo, every time I see, every time I see Hamilton, I hear people talk about Hamilton. Mm. I, I get, I'm, I'm, yo, I'm, I'm that dude, man. Like, like, if if I see you rocking something, like if I see somebody else rocking that fucking Sanford the Sun shirt, nah, man, that ain't yours. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see you with that shit first. It's like, yo, man, give us, give us. I always, and I don't want, I don't want to sound like I'm hating Hamilton because I respect that shit, but. Give us the publicity machine. Give us a budget. We would have, man. Oh my! With the with the MCs y'all had me punching words, man. Like yo, man. That that whole ruckus era, but that that show was so ill, man. Like people don't understand where where are those episodes at? Where? Why don't like you can't? It's super hard to find those. Yeah, you can you can get some of them. You can find some on YouTube, but like I, I want like you can find a lot of the sketches and shit like that. Man, bro, I, I they like, need to. I, I need the lyricist lounge box set. Like, or, or, bro, or at least yeah, all these fucking MTV channels. They don't show no videos. I have a yeah. vintage MTV channel where they show old show. Yeah, like, yeah they, they, they have an MTV classic and they still don't show. You know, and they show, they, bro. They, yeah, they, they was talking about showing some yo MTV rap stuff. I know. Ted's sister Jennifer Jen is going out to Cali like soon. She's trying to bring, bring the show back, you know what I'm saying, and that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, or and you I know, know Paramount Plus they, they got the whole MTV section. Yes, exactly. So up there. And I know for a fact we used to be at 1515 Broadway in Manhattan, mm-hmm. Broadway, Broadway, 43rd, 44th Street, 44th, 45th Street, and at, in the bottom of that building at 1515 Broadway was called the NOC Library. I don't know what NOC stands for to this day. But that's where we would, whenever I needed something from back in the day, I would go down to my man, Norman Champion, down in the NOC library, tell him I'm looking for something, and like a day or two later, sometimes the same day, he would have it. So I know all of this shit exists, because I used to reference it, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was what I did. NOC is his initials, by the way. Who? Norman O. Champion, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. And Norm, like, yo, bro, all of the original... MTV shits fade to black, and and then even the stuff that we did, like you know, again later on, lyricist style shit, man, yeah. and and all of that shit's available. A lot of that shit, though, like I know, like a lot of the clearances, you know, a lot of like music shit had to be sample clearances with, and everything. Yeah, from certain tracks that had samples that never got cleared and shit like that, because that's what that's what started Pharaoh getting a lot of fucking trouble with Simon Says. Simon Says because he had the Godzilla yeah. shit. Yeah, and then other people are using the shit and the shit hasn't been cleared yet. And so, but man, but that show, bro, was like, like, okay, if, if like, okay, at 40 Acres, it was like, I learned the film industry. And I, and I learned what guerrilla filmmaking was, you know, 
black film and that was dope. And then I went to Yom TV Raps and it was like, you know, going from like studying for your doctorate to like going to like a, a fucking, a pool party. You know what I'm saying? Like MTV was a party every day, not every weekend, every fucking day. And, and man, like, like the Lyricist Lounge was like the, Martin was like the most, it was the funniest shit. On camera, off camera. But the Lyricist Lounge was the most rewarding show. Mm. That shit, to see, I was the head writer. And for us to come up with the concepts, and, and you know, the unsung hero, on, I'm a guy, I have to say this to my brother, I'll let us do the death, man. No pun intended, but it's Def Jeff. And because he was Def, the producer, right? Yes, and 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 that's his. Def was like Jeff was like the the I guess the, the 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 lyrical coach or the lyrical you know the general manager of the lyricists. You know what I'm saying? And and, and they were all the players, man. Or they was the head coach. And so that show, man. That like yo, they literally had to learn a song and do a video in a week and several you know what i'm saying like and it, it was in in front of a studio audience you know what i'm saying it's like that shit was so who, it, who were, were the mcs writing the rhymes or was that you or or did you come up with the concepts and then we, they wrote the rhymes exactly we came up with the concept we had a writing team um we came up with the concepts um like the very first concept i came up with was was Master Fool and my man Dame Lee, they did a boxing joint. And and I wanted to take that, I, I got that idea from the Shan B uh, uh, KRS commercial, the Sprite, the Sprite commercial. commercial. Yes. And I was like, yo, that's the, like that's what actually sold the show. Like John Miller at MTV saw that shit was just like, oh man, this is great. You know what I mean? And I, ironically, we all like all of the different groups of the show when we first got together, like like all the all the, like Jeff and them rhymed and then the MCs rhymed and then I stepped up and I spit some shit for the writers. And when I spit my shit, they, they thought it was gonna be corny. Everybody was like, oh shit. <laughs> that, that was like my first little taste and last first and only last taste of, of being a, a, a MC. Not even MC, I'm gonna just call myself an M. <laughs> but <laughs> that was the end of it. We got the show sold, man. And uh, shout out to my man Claude Brooks, man, because he he was a, a, a the, the executive producer bought the idea to MTV, you know, through, you know, through uh, the cats at, at the at the, at the, at the lounge. But man, that shit was so, like words is a genius. Like that dude is a fucking genius, man. That dude yeah, is man. a guy, he's, he's like the smartest dude, man. And it and, was so and, effortless, man. And well, at least it looked on TV, it looked effortless. It looked like, like, you know how you watch Kevin Durant play basketball and it looks, easy even though he might be working hard it looks sure. so easy that's yes. how it looked with with words man that dude is to, to this day when he like he might as we talk about Cas being underrated and, and not giving the, the love he deserved i feel words is up there too man like uh, of them the newer the, the, the newer the newer cats man psh, that yeah. dude got all my all of them cats man power uh fool man like like my man uh beretta from detroit my man Chai, my girl Paris, man, we had man, bro. Y'all had, had, had a young Tracy Ellis Ross on there. Trey was my girl. Trey was dumb, humble, man. Uh, our writing staff was dope. We had a dope ass writing staff and shit, man. We had some, you know, really solid writers. My girl Allison Fowles, who had to do a wife and kids and other things. Um, yeah, man, we, that, that, that was the, 
that's I tell people all the time, man, that was the most rewarding show I've ever done. Like MTV wasn't paying us shit. But to see our concepts made manifest and on his feet, that shit was dope. That shit was dope. That from from the other dope. side of, of the tube, like for us, it was good mm -hmm. to be able to see that type of um representation like we we're talking about like to see that creativity because yeah. again it opened up a different side of of emceeing and creativity like you said improv all these different things that um we used to see saturday night live do and mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. mad tv and all those different things but uh you know it was us it was us doing it and it was in a way that Yes. we understood and then also we we had heard about you know um whether it be like um mad wednesdays or all these different mm -hmm. things that were going on in new york city mm -hmm. and, you know all these uh different ways that um maybe the underground circuit was 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 bubbling there mm -hmm. but to see it on mtv to see it on that that mainstream platform like that you know that meant the world to us man you know we were we're like there's so much content now like this yeah but you know back then it just wasn't yeah. as abundant and then like it wasn't like you could just get it on demand you had to really lock in and and you know like you said like mm -hmm. you know by how you knew all of those shows came on at that particular time yes you know this yep. is, you know like you said rock files and like <laughs> yes you had to be locked in because if you missed it you, you was short Lyrics yep, yep. Lounge, Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah. <laughs> you know yep, 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 yep. Let's go. That's a point, what they call it, appointment viewing, Phil? Appointment yep, viewing, but, viewing. But, yep. but real talk, Lyricist Lounge, ultimately, it, it was it was an early version, like you said, of Hamilton, but in 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 a more direct vein, with, mm -hmm. with Nick Cannon would, would ultimately be doing yes. with Wildin' Out. A lot yep. of, because they would have that one part where they would, where they would just kind of battle telling jokes, though. Yep. And, yep. and it wasn't really like a set skit. They just be, you know, just battling, just, you know, mm -hmm. for fun. But that's like what they, mm -hmm. what they do, like the wild style and yep. wilding out. And they, or they do like, they try to tell stories with the rhymes and all that. As like, yes. all of that is, you know, lyricist very lounge, much man. the lyricist lounge, whether yeah, whether bro. they realize it or not. Yeah, I know. Bro, when, we, when we did, one, one thing that sticks out on the show is when CeeLo did his sketch. <laughs> And, and yo, it was it, it was amazing to me, even to, to this day, man, like, we we introduced this guest to him, just told him the concept on Thursday. And and they huddled up with, they they had a, they, they processed, but they would huddle up and they would just write. And, you know, whoever, you know, the primary MC was, he would write his own lyrics or she would write her own lyrics and everybody else would kind of punch it up. Um, And, and they couldn't find CeeLo, like, for like, from the time like we introduced the concept, he went off and did his thing, went back to his room. He came back like two hours later and knew his shit completely. Like wrote it, spit it to us. And we're like, ah, yo, I was like, yo, where is it? You got it written down? He's like, I ain't got it written down. I was like, how the fuck you gonna just remember that shit? Like, I got it, I remember it. Like, just a matter of fact, just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm sitting there like, how the fuck do you do that shit? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> You gonna remember every fucking thing you just said? He's like, yeah, bro, I got it. <laughs> and that shit that, and, and the sketch that you see is exactly the way he did it the very first fucking time he spit it. The, and that was the last time we did it. He must have did it maybe four times. But the very first time to that, the fourth time, that's exactly the way he did that shit. Man. And I'm like, man, this shit is like, I, I was every, 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 I was never 
yo, that like the, the phrase something never ceases to amaze you. That was that show. Yeah. Every fucking day, every fucking day, the fucking freestyle shit with with words and and most death. The suicide shit on the on the yeah. That, that's the one I'm about to say. That's the one that that I'm stands right out. There. That's the one that, that that's like the defining moment of that show to me. Yes, yo, I'm, I'm standing right there. When 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 most death steps off the ledge, he steps off the ledge and comes and kind of into my arms, and we hug each other like that because we I'm standing there the whole time like this, <laughs> like I was stuck, like like we're gonna have to cut this shit soon because I'm I got my producer hat on too. Like okay, if they fuck it up, it's gonna fuck everything up because you can't you know what I'm saying I want to cut them off in mid. I'm like, yo, how does this nigga words? We can record this shit and sell. We can go gold with this fucking sketch. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Like, it was just like Tracy coming out, just being stupid, just being goofy and funny. Man, bro, that shit was so amazing. And 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 I remember Tony Braxton used to come to the like the recordings and shit. So you know, cats would kind of get sights and shit because Tony was there and shit. And, you know, um, man, bro, that shit. Me and, me and Jeff talk about this all the time because Jeff Jeff and I still talk all the time. Words and I, words just posted something. Because matter of fact, Lyricist Lounge just had a, um, I think it was February 9th, it, it premiered. February 9th, 2000, I think it was like 22 years ago, 20, 20, 21 years ago, whatever. I think it was 22 years ago or 23 years ago. I forget, 99 or 2000, but February 9th, I think it was the premiere. Yep, it, words just posted something. But yeah, bro, that was the most, the most rewarding show. The fucking, uh, Confession sketch when the planes get ready to crash. That was great. Everything was great. The guest stars that came on. Slick Brick Slime signed my wallaby for me. <laughs> Which, you know what I'm saying? You can't the tell ruler. me shit. I, yeah, the ruler signed my wallaby. Come on. And I and I and I brought it open to him. He was like, You want me to sign? He's like, you know how much wallabies cost? I'm like, yo, you know how much your autograph is means to me? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck these shoes. I didn't go any shoes forever, but now I will. You know, but yeah, man, like that, that, yo, it, it's, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a book, you know, I'm writing a book this year, man. And it's like, I was challenged, man. Like, I didn't know whether to do a book just on 40 acres, then a book just on MTV, then a book just on Martin, or should I just do the whole scope of my career, man? And I, you know, I'm, like, oh, 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 bang, man. Yeah, bro. Like, you know, and, and, and I got some inter interactive shit. Like I got, basically I got people, a lot of the people that I'm telling stories about, like they're gonna actually participate in the book and actually corroborate the stories. You know what I'm saying? So they'll add their spin on it. Like when I first met Meth or when I first met, like my, I don't know if you guys remember, a couple of years ago when Jaden Smith, Will's, Will's son, took a young lady to the prom and he had on a Batman outfit, you know, mm -hmm. all this other shit. That was my daughter that he took. And, you know, so I had known Will, you know, from, you know, we, we Martin and Fresh Prince were like, we were, you know, cousins. But we wasn't taping. We was over at Fresh Prince. When they were, they wasn't taping. They was over with us. And bad boys, man. Man, bro, it started back then. They had been talking about that shit all the way back then. And 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 when you see Will, it's just who he is, man. I love that dude. You know what I'm saying? He he's family. You know what I'm saying? Like he he treats my daughter well, man. My daughter is is best friends with his daughter. You know what I'm saying? So, you know we. We've been family. Will's a good dude. I've, everything he does, I fuck with. I support him. He's a genuine artist. What you see is what you get. And man, back then, bro, like again, check out that Fat Tuesday shit. Cause every man, bro, we 
See, we see here's the thing too, the Martin shit. We had we had the liveest audience. You know what I'm saying? Like we had the liveest audience. And don't like we would take three episodes and then take a hiatus week. So if you was the audience on that third week, y'all had y'all like you got all the gems. Man, bruh. And because you know, it was like, okay, we about to be all for a week. And 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 we always had a party. You know what I'm saying? So like it was the hottest chicks that came out, it was the coolest dudes that came out, athletes came out, singers or whatever. And and we'd be right there on the set, man. Like after the episode, you like, you know, if you was whack, you was breaking out anyway. But if you was, you know, you trying to party with us, you could do that. And I mean, people get like meet and then get married like three weeks later type shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it was, it was that whole shit back then was just surreal. Even talking about it, man, it's surreal, man. Like so hold on, I, I I don't want to stop the flow, but we we get we have to we have to do this. Yo yo, it's your boy Philmatic three sixty five, aka official. He hold the number one from the tissue and the tape podcast, and this was part one of laughing my ass off with Kenny Buford. Please listen, rate, subscribe to the tissue and the tape podcast, and stay tuned for part two when we talk about everything from the Martin Show to all Kenny's comedy writing. And if you don't do nothing in your life, respect he holds. Peace. They do hip hop better than you. Oh, this is Tissy in the tape. Like that, Daddy. Like that, baby.